Welcome to the Life Academy Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another podcast in our series, A Christian Perspective. I'm Pastor Doug Pratt, and today I am offering a Christian perspective on choosing death or life. This is a hot and emotionally charged topic. Unfortunately, it is not receiving the rational and dispassionate conversation and analysis it deserves because it has become hyper-politicized. Regrettably, many are preferring invectives and threats to respectful conversation. But while the issue is as contemporary as today's newscasts, the central choice is one that takes us far back to the beginnings of our biblical faith and the moral foundation on which the Christian church stands. I'm pleased to have with me in this podcast Pastor June Barrow. June, the issue we are discussing today is not only fraught with political intensity and core ethical and moral issues, but it is one you have also seen in your pastoral ministry to have deep personal consequences for many. It really has. I have had the honor of talking, counseling, and praying with many people, mostly women, but men too, who have really been scarred and wounded by the experience of abortion, by participating some way in the taking of a life before it was born. I would say that abortion has many victims. It leaves a moral wound in everyone connected with the act. Certainly, it's the loss of a life, but it also leaves a moral wound on the woman who would have been a mother losing the child, on the man who would have been a father, on the parent often who, very well-meaning for their daughter, may have hurried or pressured a decision that brings later regrets. And I think it morally wounds all of those in the abortion industry, those performing and assisting in it. So I will speak again about the personal issues. Uh, and I also want to share with everyone listening to this that we have a spiritual development center at the church. We have counselors there who are very happy to listen to and talk to anyone who has had any kind of experience with abortion that they want to open up. It can carry deep hurts. It can be a hidden and forbidden grief. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to lay it out before the Lord in the presence of a compassionate person. But let's go back to talking about what God's word says about human life and about being created in the image of God. Listen to these timeless words of Moses, the great lawgiver in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Right there is the clear and simple choice, death and life. It is concentrated and exposed for us in the issue of whether healthy, pre-born babies will be allowed to live or will be killed before they are given a chance to experience life and its blessings. What motivates those who advocate for abortion, whom I will call the pro-death activists and protesters? 
What is it that inspires those angry and placard-carrying marchers, screaming threats at the Supreme Court and at the justices' private homes? What lies behind life-defying, death-embracing politicians and journalists? I believe that, at its core, the inner rationale of pro-death is an obsession with personal rights and a denial of personal responsibilities. Morally immature people want the right to have unprotected sex, but to be released from the responsibilities that come as a consequence of that choice. The disregard of responsibility is a regrettable cultural trend of the past three generations. That generation of Americans who lived through the hardships of the Depression and then faced a brutal and all-consuming war that threatened our freedom were people who embraced the concept of personal responsibility. The most frequent response World War II veterans have given when asked why they chose to join the military was the word duty, a synonym for responsibility. In spite of the difficulties their nation had gone through, they believed that they were personally responsible to do what they could to defend it. Times in the 1930s and 1940s were very hard, and people suffered greatly. And in comparison, the past 70 years have seen substantially more prosperity and peace. But with these blessings, the subsequent generations have made a self-centered turn towards claiming rights but shunning responsibilities. And the result is that millions of parents have chosen to escape the responsibility and burden of bringing their conceived children into the world. The choice of an abortion is a profoundly selfish act. The pro-death lobby can attempt to put a positive spin on this tragic choice, and they loudly proclaim women's rights or reproductive rights. Some women have even professed that they are proud of having abortions and that they assert it was a morally virtuous decision. But their empty words are like putting a ribbon around a loaded garbage can. You can't prettify something that's inherently ugly. When you understand what happens in an abortion, there is no way to masquerade the ugliness and shame. It is death. It is contrary to science, which increasingly is demonstrating the viability of in-womb children from a relatively early date and which offers massive medical help to premature infants. The sordidness of the abortion industry with its selling of aborted stem cells for profit and its propaganda to women about abortion being a minor medical procedure should cause deep embarrassment to its practitioners. Many who have worked within that system have had powerful conversions of conscience. While there are some complicated issues that can arise in a very small minority of situations, such as rape or the imminent death of a pregnant mother if the pregnancy is not ended, the pro-death lobby is not content with a few rare exceptions. They demand unfettered access to abortion at any time in a pregnancy as an absolute right. I have tried to listen carefully to the apologists for abortion and have not been able to find a single convincing moral justification for ending the life of a baby in the third trimester who could live a normal life outside the womb. I can't conceive of how that can be justified by Scripture. The irony is that the pro-death alliance of protesters, politicians, journalists, and abortion center workers all have one distinctive feature in common. They all have mothers who chose not to abort them. 
but never is a word of gratitude uttered by any of them. Doug, you use that term, a conversion of conscience. I had the opportunity recently to meet and listen to Dr. Alveda King. She is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. And when she was young, she was a militant feminist, very pro-choice because she thought that was part of being for women. She herself had two abortions, but she had a conversion of conscience, and she has become now a vocal advocate for the protection of pre-born children in the womb. She believes this is a natural extension of her family legacy of fighting injustice. She also believes that she holds this conviction because she is for women. She made this comment, yes, I have a right to make choices about my own body, but that child in me is not my body. Moses' challenge to our generation, as it was to his own and all subsequent generations, is that we choose life rather than death in order that God's blessings might be experienced. Choosing life is not a cost-free decision. There are always consequences to our actions. That is why I and our church are such enthusiastic supporters of local ministries in our area that carry out the choice for life in practical and compassionate ways. Pro-life ministries, contrary to the disinformation distributed by their opponents, are not narrow-minded killjoys and prudes. They are willing to put their beliefs in the value and sanctity of all life into action. They come alongside women and men to provide tangible and loving help and to give them viable options for raising a child or placing it in adoption. They don't just choose life, they support life and fight for life and celebrate life. I commend them as modern heroes of conscience. Can you talk with us now, June, about how the church can minister to those who have been wounded by abortion? Well, I really do think, as I said, that abortion has many victims. And there are lovely, wonderful people who carry around in their memories and in their consciences the wound of a decision made long ago. Sometimes I've talked with women who made this decision many decades ago. The decision to abort a baby sometimes is done with hard hearts, very callously and carelessly, by people who really don't have respect for the creator of life. But many times these decisions are made quickly in a crisis under pressures of many kinds from many sources by people who feel panicked. And it can be years or decades later that they realize they're carrying around a hidden and forbidden grief or a very dark private shame and regret and remorse become overwhelming. I've had the privilege of praying with many women and the other counselors here and our pastors are happy to provide a safe place for men and women to just talk about this, to unburden any inner grief or guilt, to confess, to just open it up and lay it before God in the presence of another person, to find the abundant mercy and forgiveness that God's word promises through what Jesus has done for us, the atonement of every, every sin. We are able to pray with a person and sometimes to commend the soul of that unborn child who was never given life to the grace of God. 
It can release a burden. It can bring great freedom. It can bring great healing. So I hope anybody who wanted to talk about this would feel free to contact me or one of our other counselors in the Spiritual Development Center or any other of our pastors. Any of us would be so happy to talk with anyone for whom this is a concern. We have attempted to humbly and sensitively offer these thoughts and perspectives expressed in this podcast as coming from two Christians' understandings. We have both sought throughout the years of our pastoral ministry to let our minds be molded and shaped, not by what our peers and the surrounding culture prefer, nor by what our own selfish and sinful impulses whisper to us, but by what the timeless Word of God says. We hope you will likewise allow Scripture and your conscience guided by God's Spirit to speak to you on this important issue. May God have mercy on us all. This is Pastor Doug Pratt, along with Pastor June Barrow, for the Life Academy of First Church. Thank you for joining us for this Life Academy episode. We encourage you to subscribe, and if you enjoy our podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you.